Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And thank you for joining me this morning. And you can listen to me every weekend right here on this station. Or you can listen to me on my website, terrytalksnutrition.com. You can listen to me around the world by going to your computer, to our website, click on the live portion of the radio show. And I know that is, or might be, very inconvenient for many people around the world. You would have to adjust your times to be on the same time that we are here in the Central Standard Time in the USA. But we also have archived our shows that you can go into the archive section of the radio programming and pull up a radio show that has been broadcast in the past and listen at your convenience. You can do the same for our newsletter. Go to our website. You can sign up, subscribe to our newsletter. It's free. Everything we do is free. And you can read all the past newsletters as well. And there is a search section. If you're looking for a specific topic, just type it in the search section and you can read one or more newsletters that will describe that particular search that you're looking for. We're here to provide information for you. We don't make decisions for you. We don't tell you what to do. And I don't tell you to go off your drugs. I want you off your drugs. I wish you were off all of your drugs. Drugs are not healthy. We may need drugs, and only they should have been prescribed for an emergency or a crisis. But it seems that our health care program is only a drug therapy program. Everything that is wrong with us is considered a disease when it really is not a disease. Like type 2 diabetes is not a disease. It's a metabolic disorder. And actually it's optional. You don't have to be a diabetic. You just have to make some changes as to how you live. Drugs are not necessary in many, many conditions in which they have been classified as diseases so drug companies can prescribe drugs and make billions of dollars because we don't take care of ourselves. So I'm only here to share with you ideas on how you can maintain your health and reverse diseases, even up to cancer. Better with alternative medicines, herbal medicines, than drugs. But unless you know about them, how can you use them? So that's why I'm here to share information with you as to how you can include natural alternatives, herbal medicines, or vitamins and minerals to maintain your health. Drugs do not provide health. 
doctors do not advise their patients in terms of health. It's how can we stop this disease. They have no knowledge of health and nutrition. And you can follow me in many, many different ways. As I said, you can go to my website, terrytalksnutrition.com. You can subscribe to my newsletter, listen to past, past radio shows, and even live if you change the time where you are to be on the same time we are here. And you can ask me questions. You can follow me on Facebook, both on Terry Lemerand, L-E-M-E-R-O-N-D, or Terry Talks Nutrition, also on Twitter, and on my YouTube channel. And my channel is youtube.com slash Terry Talks Nutrition. You can listen and watch Terry and the Dr. Lynn Show. Dr. Lynn is a medical doctor that is including natural alternatives in her practice. And she and I have teamed up on the TerryTalksNutrition.com website. Or you can subscribe to your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Listen Notes, Player FM, Audible, Deezer, and Podcast Attic. You can follow me in a lot of different ways. So our job, my job, is to share information with you. What you do with it is your decision. You can use it to improve your health. You can disregard it. Or you can share it with your doctor. But if you're on medication, I don't advise you to go off medication. That's not my intent. My intent is to get you healthy so you don't need medication. And today, a lot of people have indigestion to the point where they now have IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. We'll talk about that as well as we will talk about how to have a better and longer life with the herb called berberine, B-E-R-B-E-R. I-N-E, berberine. We'll, look at, we'll have a closer look today on the circadian rhythm. What is the circadian rhythm? How does that keep you healthy? And is it important to keep you healthy? And then men, here's a very unusual way to increase testosterone. As men get older, they lose the ability to secrete testosterone. And then as men get fatter, all those fat cells in men produce an excessive level of estrogen. So we have more estrogen in males than testosterone. That feminizes men. And I have a very unusual way to increase testosterone. Very simple. You don't need to buy any drugs. Then we'll talk about 
low blood sugar and how it increases your appetite. You'll eat more food when you have a high sugar level and a low sugar level. How can that be? Well, that's what we'll discuss. And then we'll show you three signs that indicate that you may have hypothyroidism, an underactive thyroid. So we have some great topics, especially when you consider that 70% of all women have an underactive thyroid, and which is not indicated by blood, by, excuse me, by blood analysis. So we'll show you some of the signs and symptoms that can indicate you are underactive thyroid function. Now, when your gut becomes inflamed, then you have a lot of irritation, gastritis, IBS, and Crohn's disease. So inflammatory gut issues are much more common than ever previously realized. Researchers in England, in the UK, collected almost 20 years worth of data on the diagnosis of inflammatory gut diseases, including ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, and IBS, and gastritis. Anything ends with itis is an inflammatory process. The two main problems is oxidative stress and inflammatory process. All diseases are caused by inflammation. Inflammation. We need to stop the inflammatory process. And the researchers from England found that inflammatory bowel diseases are three times more common than previously reported. Between 2000, the year 2000, and 2017, the rate of ulcerative colitis increased 55%. A lot of gut issues. Rates of Crohn's disease, 83% increased. What's causing all the inflammatory processes in the gut? And now looking forward, scientists have predicted the rates of inflammatory bowel diseases are expected to increase another 25% by 2025. That's a, not a very good statistic to be looking forward to. So how do we stop gut inflammation? Inflammatory gut diseases, IBS, colitis, Crohn's disease, are linked 
to inflammation based on compounds called leukotrienes. And these leukotrienes are produced by a pathway in the body or an enzyme called 5-LUX. L-O-X. 5-LUX. It's a pathway that maintains our health when it's in balance in the body. We have two pathways that are primarily involved with inflammation and pain. Mostly when you have arthritis, joint pain, it's based on a pathway called the COX, COX-2, the number 2, COX-2. And when it's in balance, when you have a proper level of prostaglandins, which are produced by the COX-2 pathway, you have less joint disease, less joint pain. And the same is with the 5-LUX pathway, but it does not affect the joint inflammation, but it's more regulating the inflammatory process in the upper respiratory tract and the intestines or gut. G-U-T, gut. When you have an excessive level of the leukotrienes, then you have inflammation. So how do we maintain a healthy 5-LUX pathway? Here's a, a little information. There is no drug, no drug produced today by any drug company that regulates the 5-LUX pathway. But a herb, which I will share with you in just a moment, is more effective on the 5-LUX pathway than anything we have today. Now here's a clinical trial. Inflammatory leukotriene levels, these are the little key compounds that are produced by the 5-LUX pathway. These leukotriene levels were almost 45% higher in women with irritable bowel syndrome, otherwise known as IBS, than healthy women in the control group. So why isn't inflammatory bowel diseases treated with NSAIDs, N-S-A-I-D-S, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories? So if IBS is caused by inflammation, why don't doctors prescribe drugs like Tylenol to treat it? The main reason Tylenol or any other NSAID, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, do not stop the 5-LUX inflammation. But there is an herb that is highly effective in reducing the excessive production of leukotrienes 
and getting bowel and gut inflammation under control. And that herb is called Boswellia. B-O-S-W-E-L-L-I-A. Boswellia. And it's a natural anti-inflammatory that acts on the 5 lux pathway without side effects and without any adverse effects. So this makes Boswellia ideal for treating diseases particularly associated with inflammatory leukotrienes and the 5 lux pathway and its activity. Boswellia is a tree that grows in Africa, India, and some of the countries, surrounding countries. What they do is they, it's almost like tapping a maple tree for the maple sap to make maple syrup. When you tap a tree, you bore a hole in it. Put a bucket under it and collect the sap. In Boswellia, it's a tree. And they use a sharp instrument. They slash the bark on the tree to make the tree weep of a resin that comes out on the surface of the bark and runs into a teardrop. Actually, it looks like it ran down the tree and it forms a little bubble on the bottom. It looks like a teardrop. And it's called the Tears of India. They scrape it off the bark of the tree. It doesn't hurt the tree. It doesn't kill the tree. They scrape off that resin off the bark of the tree that is hardened and they pulverize it into a powder and then use that powder in an extraction process to standardize the level of the key compounds in Boswellia. And the key compound in Boswellia is such a long name, so it's been abbreviated to AKBA. AKBA. That is the key compound that is used to treat inflammatory bowel diseases. In a clinical trial, shows that 60 to 70% of people using Boswellia will experience a reduction in their symptoms, such as even arthritis, because it is an anti-inflammatory what would be the best to treat arthritis would be a combination of curcumin, which works on the COX-2 pathway, and Boswellia together, which works on the 5 Lux pathway. Now you're regulating both pathways at the same time. But Boswellia works more effectively on colitis, asthma, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, IBS, 
bronchitis and all of the conditions associated with upper respiratory tract inflammation and intestinal gut inflammation. Here's an interesting study. 71 people with IBS were randomized to receive antispasmodic drug treatment when needed or Boswellia extract 250 to 500 milligrams daily for four weeks. Those subjects in the study that were given Boswellia could use, if they chose to, if they needed to, to resort to use medication along with the Boswellia called the rescue medication because if the symptoms got really worse or had caused side effects, they could use drugs to bail them out. IBS symptoms in this study, such as abdominal pain, changes in bowel movements, cramping, bloating, were evaluated for a week before starting the trial and during week four of the trial. Just four weeks. And the result of this four-week trial, the number of people with active symptoms declined by 80% in the Boswellia group versus 50 to 60% of patients in the drug group. So the Boswellia performed more effectively than any drug that was used to treat portions of the subjects in the study. 13%, of the drug group required additional medical treatment versus only 8% in the Boswellia group. 28% of the drug treatment group experienced side effects Only 8% of the Boswellia group experienced mild constipation, a mild side effect. Now, Boswellia works really very effective by itself. But researchers found that by adding very specific and particular essential oils, actually increased the benefit of Boswellia. For example, there are four essential oils that are highly beneficial to the gut for digestion, such as coriander, which reduces the overgrowth of harmful bacteria in the gut, the intestines. Fennel normalizes digestion and reduces oxidative stress 
and inflammatory damage to the intestinal lining. Caraway. It relaxes the smooth muscle cells in the intestines, relieves gas and bloating. Peppermint. Many studies on IBS, particularly effective for abdominal pain. Peppermint actually reduced abdominal pain by 20% in a recent clinical trial. So my recommendation is to look for a combination of Boswellia and look for a Boswellia. The beneficial activity of Boswellia is strongly associated with a key compound and these key compounds are called, called boswellic acids. And the main boswellic acid that I mentioned earlier in the program is called AKBA. Four letters. A-K-B-A. It's found in boswellia in about 1-2%. to 2%. But research has found that if you standardize the boswellia, at 10% would be a highly effective, actually, medicine for the upper respiratory tract and the intestines, the gut. But now, I have no why would nature pull such a trick. I have no idea. However, one specific boswellic acid called beta-boswellic acid, naturally causes inflammation. Actually does. It doesn't reduce it. So research that found by removing the beta-boswellic acid makes the AKBA more effective. So look for a boswellic extract, which are labeled to contain less than 5% beta-boswellic acid, and at least 10% of the AKBA, the most powerful compound in Boswellia. And make sure that compound is in a combination with coriander, fennel, caraway, and peppermint oil, essential oils, about 400 milligrams two or three times daily. I like 400 milligrams with each meal. So, we're going to pause here. Don't go away. I am Terry Naturally. And this is Terry Talks Nutrition. We're going to come back with more right after this break. So, stay right where you are. We'll come right back after these messages right here on Terry Talks Nutrition. And welcome back, my friends. We're here for the second portion of our program today. We'll be here to the top of the hour. We're here... 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, both Saturday and Sunday. You can listen locally on the broadcasted program, as you are probably now listening. But anybody that you would like to let them know, if you find this program worthy of listening, you can tell your family and friends outside of the listening area that they can listen by going to Terry. TalksNutrition.com 
and listen live by adjusting their times to be on the same time we are here in the centrally standard time, the central standard time. Or they can listen to the shows at their convenience. And they can take it with them however they like. They can jog with me. They can drive with me. They can walk with me. They can do whatever they like. But we're just trying to include more information to bring you topics that will make your life healthier and better. Make you want to live longer. Some people are so stressed out because of the drugs they're on. They have lost the quality of life. And they don't really actually want to live longer. Some people say, if I have to live like this, I don't want to live. But we can make changes. Tremendous changes. The body is very, very forgiving. If we have not caused untold damage. If we wear out an organ or a gland or joints or whatever beyond the ability to reverse the damage, then you may have some complications, but you can still live pain-free. That is always a choice. Or you can continue on your old ways, eating, eating your old unhealthy diet, not having any exercise, burning the candle at both ends, partying your, partying your life away. Not worth it. So if you do want to live longer and get older with a better quality of life, then maybe this is your answer. And the answer is a herb called berberine. B like in boy, E-R, B like in boy, E-R-I-N-E, berberine, berberine. So what can studying the oldest people in the world tell us? There are pockets of people around the world that are beyond 100 years of age, but in good health. You don't want to end up in your 90s confined to bed. It's not worth the living. So we're trying, if you start early in life and start doing some of these very wonderful, productive ways to improve your health, quality, and the longevity, you can live a very productive life into old age. Researchers interested in longevity, how long you live, have looked at what the oldest people in the world, over 100, have in common. One very important characteristic is good insulin sensitivity. Insulin is a hormone that regulates glucose or sugar. All forms of sugar. Glucose, sucrose, fructose, all forms of sugar. Insulin sensitivity. What does insulin do? It's a hormone. 
It secreted by the pancreas. And if you have insulin sensitivity, it means the cells are responding correctly and normal normally to the hormone insulin and are using sugar correctly. Now the problem is we have what is called insulin resistance. You know, like we have antibiotic resistance. We have used insulin we have used antibiotic so frequently and so high quantities and even found in food and meat and milk that the bugs the bacteria no longer are touched by the antibiotics. So they have built up a resistance to the antibiotics. And our cells have built up a resistance to insulin. You know, when you go to the doctor and your doctor tells you, oh my gosh, you have a high level of sugar in your bloodstream. Now, that is a combination of things that are going on in your metabolic function. Insulin is the hormone that regulates the metabolism and increases insulin sensitivity. So insulin resistance occurs when the cells do not respond to insulin and sugar, therefore sugar builds up in the bloodstream and that is classified as diabetes, not diabetes. It looks like it may be diabetes because that's what happens to diabetics type 1. But for those that are diabetic type 2, it's an optional condition. You don't need to be a diabetic. With just a few minor lifestyle changes, you don't need to be a diabetic. You can get rid of get rid of the drugs under your doctor's supervision. I'm not telling you to throw your drugs away. You may there may be one out of a hundred people that may need a drug. But in all cases, we only produce a certain level of insulin. And today, we can eat as much sugar as we want, and we have, over time, consumed so much more sugar than normal. In the early 1900s, each individual, because it was based on a national average, was considered to be consuming around four to six pounds of sugar per person, per individual, over a year's time. So insulin was effective. But now today, in America, 
we are consuming up to 250 pounds of sugar per individual per year. So there is no way that insulin can be effective with that much sugar coming in. What would happen if you were driving your car and there was nothing regulating the amount of gas to regulate so you're going 20 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour, but gas was coming into the engine for 100 miles an hour? It would not work, right? So insulin takes the sugar that you're consuming into the cells to produce energy. But we don't have enough insulin production in humans to take care of 250 pounds of sugar annually. So we have a buildup of sugar in the bloodstream and the doctor doesn't say, stop eating sugar. He says, oh, you're a diabetic. You have too much sugar in your bloodstream. We're putting you on drugs. They have put some people on oral drugs. They've actually put some people on extra insulin. And being a diabetic without making changes increases about 10 or other different diseases such as cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's disease. Sugar is the most damaging, I can't call it a food. It has no value. But since it's in our diet, let's say it's a food. It is one of the most damaging food anyone could ever consume. So there is a hormone that regulates metabolism and increases insulin sensitivity. And therefore, the person is lean, more likely to be at a proper weight, maybe even underweight compared to those who are overweight. And how much sugar are we consuming? When you realize that 50, almost 50% of Americans, 50%, about 250 million adults, are obese. That means they're grossly overweight. Carbohydrates and sugar, because carbohydrates are another form of sugar. Bread, pasta, cakes, pies, crackers, whatever it might be. When you eat those kinds of foods, they have to be converted into sugar to be metabolized. So not only are we eating 250 pounds of real sugar, we're eating a lot of carbohydrates. The American diet is 80 to 90% carbohydrates. Now it is much more effective to eat animal proteins, lean or fatty proteins, like meat, fish, seafoods, bison, beef, whatever. Fruits and vegetables. And fat. No grains. No flour. No flour from any grains. 
And that will lean you out over time. Following the ketogenic diet or the paleo diet will reverse most of your diseases and prevent almost all your diseases. So you can be healthy by just changing your diet, getting more exercise, sleeping seven to nine hours a night. This all goes in to wrap into a very healthy condition. So how can we improve insulin sensitivity over time? And it doesn't take very much time. Well, the first thing is stop eating sugar. Look at their labels on how much sugar you have in, in the food that you're eating. The coffee drinks you're drinking. The soda that you're drinking. And most of those are not only sugar, but high fructose corn syrup. Which is the worst kind of sugar you can consume. Now I mentioned we are up to 250 pounds of sugar per individual per year. I don't eat any sugar. And I know many of you listening have given up sugar and are not eating sugar. And children eat less sugar, I hope. So many people are eating our sugar because based on a national average, some people might be up to 300 pounds of sugar a year. Almost three quarters of a pound of sugar. And you think, you think that's not possible? Look at all the labels. Everything has sugar in it. And many forms of sugar. Now, so giving up sugar and adopting the ketogenic diet or the paleo diet. The ketogenic diet is a remarkable diet, but for some people it's hard to follow. Because the carbohydrate content is very, very low. Some people need a little bit more carbohydrates. So the paleo diet is more suitable for them. But try to keep your carbohydrate content under 75 grams per day. The average person in America is consuming about 400 and plus grams of carbohydrate. Now there's an herb that can help you too. Not to overcome the bad diet, because you please change your diet anyway. But in an animal model of diabetes, the herb berberine prevented a 64% increase in insulin resistance. That means insulin wasn't working. And the Berberine was able to increase insulin resistance and keep insulin sensitivity at normal levels. And when used with prescription drug treatment for diabetes in humans, berberine increased the insulin sensitivity by 50%. In people newly diagnosed with metabolic syndrome, metabolic syndrome is made up of about five different conditions, 
like cardiovascular disease, high cholesterol, high triglycerides, high blood pressure, overweight. And that's America. Take a look around. How many thin, well-fit people will you find? Very few. Now, people newly diagnosed with this metabolic syndrome, berberine, the herb, increased insulin sensitivity by 40% and reduced the blood sugar levels by 16%. Now, the studies have shown that 500 milligrams three times daily However, berberine is one of those herbs that are very poorly absorbed. It, yes, you can swallow something and it stays in the intestinal tract. If it can't be absorbed through the lining of the intestinal tract, the gut, into the bloodstream to circulate to all the cells in the metabolic function. So there are available... a berberine that is complex with a non-absorbed starch from plants that increases the absorption up to nine times. So instead of taking 500 milligrams three times daily, which is 1,500 milligrams, you can take a 250 milligram berberine just once a day which is about 1,800 milligrams rather than 1,500 milligrams, you're getting more with less because you're getting more berberine absorbed with a lesser amount of berberine. Berberine is quite amazing. It's an alkaloid that's extracted from a variety of plants such as golden seal, Oregon grape, and berberine. So, berberine is a choice to improve your blood sugar. You don't have to be a diabetic. Don't just take the diagnosis that you're a diabetic. You can make very minor lifestyle choices. Why would you want to be on drugs? Drugs have all kinds of major side effects. You can be healthier. You can reverse diseases. You can stop diseases. You can prevent diseases. All by changing your diet. Absolutely. There are many studies that have shown the best medicine is food. And if you aren't eating the right food, which is your best medicine, then you are eating junk food, which can cause your body to deteriorate faster than normal. Some people at 40 look like they're 80 and they act like they're 80. And then there are people that are in their 80s 
that are performing like they're in their 40s or 50s. It's how you choose your lifestyle. It's how you decide how you want to live. Only 2% of all diseases are passed on by genetics. You inherit some diseases, but only in 2% of the cases. 98% of all diseases is controlled by your choice, my choice. How you live your life will determine the quality of your health. And even if you came into this world with a defect or something that's not quite normal, we can, no matter what the condition and the age, we can get better. Millions of years of human longevity has been based on diet. And drug therapy is only as severe as, severe as it is today, about 100 years old. So for millions of years, humans lived without drugs. And we're here today but we're not in the same health and shape and fit and condition as our ancestors were millions of years ago. So let's talk a little bit about how to increase testosterone for men. I will talk to you about an unusual food to increase testosterone. Now, testosterone declines over time. As a man ages, testosterone levels decline. Men get, men get fatter. They lose their libido. They're not able to have an erection. They have erectile dysfunction. Low sperm count. And because they are producing less estrogen and they're fatter, all these fat cells produce excessive estrogen. So men are feminized. And as women have a natural form of breast, men, eventually because of getting fatter, producing more estrogen, and declining the testosterone, they have boobs too, called man boobs. They also experience fatigue and low energy. They feel down or depressed or they have anxiety. They have the blues, irritability, reduced muscle mass, and much more body fat. And testosterone, of course, you can go to your doctor. Your doctor may advise you to, to increase your level of testosterone by creams or, or pills or injections. And there are certain foods that can also increase testosterone. Now what's bad for testosterone? Because all that fat on a male 
that is producing more estrogen than testosterone, they're getting more feminized, is based on low-fat diets. And we have been eating low-fat diets for about 50 to 70 years. Everybody thought, hey, low-fat diet was healthy. That is absolutely baloney. A new study finds that following a low-fat diet may reduce testosterone levels in men by up to 15%. Researchers collected the data on testosterone levels in 200 men. Reducing dietary fat levels from 40% fat in the diet to 20% fat in the diet decreased testosterone levels by up to 15%. Eat more fat. Good fat. I'm not saying bad fat. Good fat. But increasing the intake of monounsaturated fats like olive oil, macadamia nut oil, avocado and avocado oil, and nuts increase testosterone production. But we don't eat fat, right? Most of the people are on low-fat diets or the bad fat. But most people are on sugar and carbohydrates, which produces more estrogen in males than testosterone. A separately published study found that a diet high in extra virgin olive oil, on average of three tablespoons a day, for three weeks, increase men's testosterone by 17%. You'll feel better, you lose weight, you have more muscle mass, you're less irritable, you'll feel better. And I believe, from what I've researched on olive oil, I don't even call it a food anymore, it is one of the best medicines of all. And make sure it is extra virgin, extra virgin olive oil. And that, my friends, we're all out of time. I'm going to be here again on Sunday, 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, so join me. But try to do something productive health-wise this next week. Say a prayer for this crazy world. God bless you, and God bless America.